The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear a brilliant marketer talk through the strategy, framework, and tactics used to elevate their brands to new heights. Ready to hear untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the Rebrand Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. All right, Rebrand Podcast community, we're back. As you know, we tell untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns by the marketers who built them. Today, we're going to go off course a little bit. I'm really excited. I've been wanting to have this guy on forever. We're going to bring Tim Washburn on. Tim Washburn, for those of you who don't know, he's our chief creative officer at the Harkey Group. And we're going to talk about the rebrand of ourselves, which is going to be super scary, but also a lot of fun. Just a quick backstory. Tim and I have known each other for probably close to two decades. I've been a huge fan of his work forever, so much so that I decided to buy his ad agency, Nomadic which was an Ad Age Small Agency of the Year award recipient. They've got some of the biggest brands in the world, including Disney, Amazon, Walmart. Love Tim's work. So we're going to break down how we rebranded the Harkey Group. As you may or may not know, we had an agency called OH Partners, which was an integrated agency that I helped co-found. And we've now recently rebranded to the Harkey Group, this little small boutique holding company of agencies. So I'm going to bring Tim Washburn on. He was a guy that, I mean, like all marketers, I was in the weeds I needed an expert to help guide us through this process, even though I've done it a lot for other people. It was fun to have somebody else come in and not a better person for the job than our chief credit officer at the Harkey Group, which is a full service integrated marketing organization created to meet the varied and changing needs of their clients. With offices in Phoenix and Las Vegas, their agencies are consumer-centric, performance-based, creatively inspired, and they're recipient of countless industry awards. It's kind of weird doing a, one of these on ourselves. So this will be fun. But we're going to talk about how Tim Washburn and the Harkey Group rebranded. Here's my conversation with Tim Washburn, the Chief Credit Officer at the Harkey Group. Tim, what's up, man? Hey, man. Nice to finally be on with you. I know. I know we've been talking about this forever. And I didn't know if we were going to talk about some of the work you guys have done at Nomadic recently. I know maybe we'll get into this in our next episode. The recent work for Street Fighter Six with Lil Wayne was a lot of fun. Some of the work you're doing with Amazon and their gaming division. I mean, there's just a million things we could talk about. But I'd love for people to kind of hear your story and background from the tech company you were part of to your, your time at a big national ad agency as a creative director. Maybe give our audience maybe a little flavor of kind of your professional background before we get things kicked off. Sure. Happy to. I'll start in high school where I was like a terrible student, like a C student, like creative kid, didn't know what he wanted to do with his life. And my dad sat down with me and said, all right, you've got to go to college. And I was like, but why? What am I going to do at college? He said, I will pay for you to party for four years, but man, you've got to go to college. So I said, okay. Well, it's a good thing I did that. That helped him actually get me an internship at a place called Fallon, which was like 
you know, the premier agency in the world, like globally, like an agency of the year winner multiple times in the 90s. And this was like 93. And I had did my kind of growing up there. So I had four summers where I kept going back there. And when I worked in creative, I worked in account, worked in production, and I worked in account planning. It was absolutely fascinating. After that, I actually got a job offer from somebody at Fallon who moved out to Amirati Pierce, Lantas in New York, brought me aboard as a junior account executive in the planning division just to see if it'd make me a smarter creative. Arguably, that worked. After a while, I moved back to Arizona, where my wife-to-be was, worked in market a little bit, and then we moved out to LA. And that's where kind of the biggest, maybe, development of my career, early career started. This place ignited. They did a lot of work in the video game space. And so for five years, I worked on big, big publisher brands like Activision and Namco and Ubisoft. And also, we did some electronics work. So I ended up becoming the creative director on Sony Bio Latin America, which is like hilarious because I don't speak Spanish at all. But anyway, they needed to make the product look amazing. And I was an art director and knew how to do that. So I did that for years. Then my wife and I had kids. And after having kids, we wanted to raise and run friends and family, moved back to Phoenix. And I ended up with this opportunity to work for this little place called eMarketing, which is like a 15-person agency. This is 2007. So everything was going digital. Right? And all the marketing dollars were moving from all the digital marketing dollars were moving from IT groups back into the marketing groups. And when that happened, this little company called eMarketing needed to reinvent itself. It had huge clients like Echo, Craft Brands, all these big clients, but it needed to develop a creative department to go after it. So I did that. It was a great exchange because I needed to learn about digital. Again, this is 2007. I really needed to learn a lot about digital. And they needed a creative director who could bring some structure to the place. So I did that. In turn, we used that company to launch a few different brands. One of them was Prize Logic, which became one of the country's biggest digital promotional brands. And to serve those needs, we, brought, uh, we started Nomadic. And Nomadic became kind of the in-house creative offering for all of that. A separate company, but kind of part of an organization of companies, the same way the Harky Group is. So after about seven years, that became a juggernaut. We sold the crap out of it and sold the companies to a PE firm, except for Nomadic. Nomadic, I spun off, ran that independently for five years until I realized that I really did not love running an ad agency. So Scott and I ended up talking and ultimately sold this to Scott so I could help build out something bigger and we could park Nomadic someplace better, a business development engine and a place where we could scale its offerings. That's how I found myself where I am. That's awesome. So what do you think with what you've seen in professional services and ad agencies? So, you know, maybe we'll use us as a case study here. You know, obviously there's super large publicly traded holding companies. You know, most recently I've I've talked a little bit about on this podcast, what people like Stagwell are doing with, you know, 77 agencies and going from, you know, probably a couple hundred million dollar company to, you know, a multi-billion dollar company with thousands of employees. And then there's a lot of our friends that are in the business as either marketing service providers or tech companies or specialized service companies or industry specific companies. How do you see the space and what do you think the opportunity was for the Harky Group and our creation of the Harky Group, knowing that we have individual agencies, but then also this holding company that's super small. So it even sounds weird to say holding company. You know, where do you think the industry is going and, and why the pivot to rolling up the Harky Group as a holding company with individual specialized agencies inside? Yeah. So when we originally talked about my selling nomadic to you, it was very much in relationship to developing the Harky Group as a holdings company for this, in large part, because I think you and I saw the world the same way, which is 
this industry has become increasingly more complex over the last 20 years, and the need for specialization at the agency level is in high demand. And not just specialization by discipline or channel, but by vertical. And that as clients, if not abandoned, look for supplementation to their AOR relationships, both at the national and regional level, that they're looking for specialized agencies who know how to solve a problem. And so instead of kind of building some monolithic beast that says it does all things for all people, you know, we were really attracted to the idea of building out a holdings group of specialized agencies. They're all related in some way or another. For us, it's a lot more about being related by kind of our specializations in entertainment and hospitality areas. But we're definitely attracted to that idea of building out a holdings group in kind of a singular marketing organization that was comprised of a number of specialized shops. The Stagwells are doing it on a much larger level, right? A lot of the holdings companies are really trying to do that around the globe at varying success levels. But like, there's not many companies that are out there trying to do it for boutiques, right? Like the small agencies or the regional shops to give their customers more choice, which we know customers are looking for. So I love the strategic premise of that, which is in large part why I was excited about, you know, bringing Nomadic aboard to the Harky Group. And, you know, my position as chief creative officer of the Harky Group allows me and I think others inside the organization to kind of bolster, right, scale the operation that can great, provide great service to our clients, but provide the kind of specialization that they're looking for from each one of the agencies. One thing that I think I've known about you and I've loved is your strategic mindset and even experience and how you Think about creative strategically. And to your earlier point about how you started in planning and even on the account side, not a lot of creative directors have had any sort of experience in planning or on the account side at all. It's typically at one point, almost two sides of the business. Like, are you on the creative side? You're going to go on the account side. And then now I think, you know, I've talked about more, you know, almost like four pieces to the business, you know, you know, kind of planning and strategy is one side account services, another side, and then you kind of have like production as a side, and then you kind of have creative as a side. And those are broadly speaking, but you know, what did you learn from the planning side and how have you been able to apply it to, you know, the discipline of developing creative assets and even rebrands or the art form of branding? So one of the things I was really attracted to in advertising was it's kind of the art of persuasion. Like I, it wasn't just about expression or creating a creative product to sell, but about helping companies persuade consumers to buy their products or choose their brands. I love the use of creativity in doing that. So when I got exposed to creative planning or account planning, creative strategy, whatever you call it, and inside ad agencies, it became really clear to me how important consumer psychology was that, right? The need to understand consumer motivators, emotional motivators at a base, and then finding insights and then creating around those insights. And I think that's something that's lost a lot of times is the importance of an insight in a creative solution. Creative solutions, if they're just creative for creative sake, if it's just a clever device that's talking about something that nobody cares about, right? It might do its job of creating awareness. It might keep something top of mind, but it's not going to connect with somebody or persuade them to take that extra mile and, or go that extra mile and really help a client achieve something greater. So when we understand a consumer, what their needs, their wants are, and we have some insight about that's going to help get over whatever their barrier is, and we can develop creative as an expression that connects with them, like that's where it works. So that all that when I think about my time in planning, it was just maybe a necessary chapter that helped me prepare to be just an effective creative because I knew kind of where the starting place was for all good creative work. 
It was with that consumer understanding and an insight. And the rest of it really becomes about how we say that, which is really fun too. Very cool. Like that's arguably the most fun part. But like understanding who that person is and how we're going to help them achieve something in their own life with our brands and products is really the most compelling thing to me. So that's kind of what my planning experience, if you will, got gave me. And really, you know, what was interesting about Nomadic, I mean, you purposely, you know, built it out as a digital creative agency, knowing that you needed to be even more specialized to have the Fortune 500 clients that you have had over the last decade. I've always struggled with, you know, really trying to stay a niche marketer, especially in the advertising space. And you've been pretty disciplined in that approach. Can we talk about maybe the pros and cons or for other marketers out there, or even for other, you know, the CMOs and VPs of marketing who listen to the show? I think the the agency set and the network of agencies today are, are really interesting. Maybe just shine light on maybe your thoughts or perspective on specialty versus integrated, your choice as nomadic, you know, being a, a pretty well-known national agency out of Phoenix, Arizona, which is unheard of, and your choice to be a very specific digital creative shop and what that's gained and maybe even where in other areas it's held you back. Yeah, sure. So I think any marketer, right, has faced all marketers have faced that choice of do I kind of create a general positioning or a niche positioning? And a general positioning maybe always feels more comfortable and feels safer, but it's more vague and hard to utilize. A niche positioning is highly effective, but always feels limiting. So it's really scary. And I think that was true for me for a long time too. When running Nomadic though, when we position ourselves as a digital first creative agency, so frame of reference, creative agency, like that's all we did, but digital first is kind of a, a qualifier. It was born out of an insight about customers at the time. We had customers that were coming to us and using that language. I'm looking for a digital first agency. Or I have an agency and they don't understand digital well enough. And by digital, I mean, really at the time, it was really about paid social dynamic builds on banner ads, right? A lot of performance marketing basics. And we understood those things. So when we started hearing, I started hearing our clients talk about what was missing with their current agencies and what they were looking for, it became pretty obvious to me that we have the ability to deliver on a need. And that insight that they were looking for something that was, they were looking for creative only shop. They liked that specialization, but they were looking for somebody who is better at a specific set of skills. Mapped out to me, it's all about customer need and insight that we could build a positioning around that. And then after that, it was just about talking ourselves into me, talking myself into feeling comfortable with creating a niche. And what became really obvious to me after some trial and error is that like when you're, depending on your size, and this is true for most companies, if you're not enormous, like niche is the only way to go. And the reason being is like, especially in today's market, if you're not exceptionally good at something, you're going to disappear. And you can't be exceptionally good at all things. So the only real answer is to become exceptionally good at something, right? At a particular thing. And we knew, right? We knew that we could be exceptionally good, especially at the time, at developing digital first solutions, digital first campaigns for clients that needed just that, who had digital first media plans and marketing mixes, right? I always said, like, if you're looking for a Super Bowl spot and it's us versus Wyden, oh my God. You should totally go with them. Can I be a PA on the set? I would love to do that. But if we were at the time, if we were talking about going head to head for a digital first campaign with what, $5 million, $10 million budget, like 
man, we could out-engineer about any agency in the country at the time. And that was a really great positioning that helped us persuade clients that we could really keep the promise that we were making. And we did over and over again. And the reason Nomadic has its clients, I would argue, is because it got very, very good at doing a thing particularly well. And what was great about that is we could extend out from there into doing social, right? We could extend out from there into doing more broadcast-driven places because we started from one very, very good position of strength, which is, of course, why I loved the Harky Group strategy, right? It allows agencies to specialize and be exceptional at what they do, but under the umbrella of, right, and on the foundation of a great operating structure. Yeah, it's been a fun journey. It's been the most interesting in my career is, you know, working on the rebrand of ourselves. And the, the reason, you know, I got into buying agencies is I just had friends that liked what we were doing. I liked what they were doing. And all of a sudden they were in our office because we had some cool office space. And then it like just kind of turned into all of a sudden we had four agencies in the group and they were all called different things. And then, you know, you came along with Nomadic and that happened. And all of a sudden we had five and we were meeting with clients and they would say, Hey, I want this. And then you're like, Oh no, that's a better fit for nomadic. So it definitely happened organically. But I mean, the premise of us helping with the marketing and the new business and helping on the back end in terms of, you know, operations at our size and scale makes sense for, you know, not only your agency, but other agencies as we move forward in the future that are friendlies that we know that we trust that we, you know, have values and care about doing good work. It's been really fun. So, and again, you know, rebrand podcast here, as you guys know, I mean, nobody pays to be on this show. I try to be very subtle about, you know, what we're doing at the Harky Group. And I'm not here to sell anybody. I'm really trying to build a community of marketers. And it'd be great if we got to just literally be known as helping connect marketers. Like it doesn't have to get calls from CMOs and VPs to hire us. This is definitely a passion of mine. And we're just trying to build that leadership. But I did want to have Tim on from the Harky Group and, and talk about a little bit about what we're doing. So when you hear, you know, I'm from the Harky Group, like, what the hell is that? And, and, I, and I did want to showcase Tim and his skill set because it's unmatched from a lot of people I've met in the industry. It's been a joy to have him on board. But what I want to do is I, I know we started kind of the, the why behind the Harky Group and kind of giving you a background and, and insight into Tim's process and our processes as an agency that does a lot of rebrands. But I want to bring him back and we're going to get into more specifics. So we're going to talk next about how to launch a rebrand. Again, thanks to Tim Washburn, CCO at the Harky Group. If you can't wait and you want to learn more about Tim, you'll find him at theharkygroup.com. I think that'll also give you a good idea of kind of how we've put a bunch of these agencies together and how we can showcase the different work and the different specialty they have, the different clients they have. You know, OH may only have, you know, a lot of travel, hospitality, tourism clients, whereas Nomadic has a lot of entertainment and video game clients. So it's kind of fun to have them all at one place to see all the different work and all the different talent, all the different specifics. So uh, you'll find Tim's information there at theheartgroup.com. Uh, if you didn't have a chance to take notes, you want to learn more, obviously, rebrandpod.com is where you find everything. You can find me on all the social channels, just at Scott Harkey. And again, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We're, we're building that marketing audience. I think we have close to 7,000 subscribers right now of, of marketers. So big thanks to the guests and the community that keeps building. Hopefully I can hold it somewhat together. I know I'm <laughs> kind of all over the place sometimes, but I think it's fun to just have real conversations about marketing. And I know I'm getting better every day that I'm listening and not listening to people and in the trenches doing some great work. So if I'm learning, I know you're learning and that's my goal. So that's it for today. But remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot or rebrand. <laughs>